Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Perich, and I'll be your host. There is a distinct challenge that, that comes with a community that is impacted by tourism, as well as how the local church impacts that community. We have with us today Dan Spencer. He is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Sevierville, Tennessee. Dan, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate the uh, invite. I'm not the kind of guy that you're going to see on uh, conference uh, lineups to to preach at conferences or anything. I just love being a pastor of a local church, yeah. and so I'm I'm humbled that anybody would ever ask me to do anything. So <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you just taking the time. I know you're very busy, and so just taking time for us to just have a little discussion. Uh, first of all, I just kind of want to know a little bit about you. Tell us about you and your family. I'm from Tennessee originally, from West Tennessee. And uh, left when I graduated high school in 1986 and did not come back until 2011. Oh. And uh, so good to be back in my home state. I met my wife, Teresa. Uh, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Met her in college in northeast Missouri at a small Baptist college called Hannibal LaGrange. Served together for two years back when it was the home mission board. Uh, we, we served as U.S. two missionaries together in the state convention in Missouri. And uh, since that time, I've uh, served four churches in four states, eight years as an associate pastor. I was uh, minister of music and youth at a downtown church in St. Louis. Hmm. Loved that ministry. It was really exciting. Uh, then I served uh, under my dad in Dothan, Alabama, and was his associate pastor and I was the, I, I called myself the minister of et cetera. Just everything else he told me to do, that that right. was my job. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then uh, for the last uh, 20 years now, been a senior pastor. Great. Now, I read a little bit about your wife. She has a unique interest. Uh, she does. And, and in fact, a couple of them, she loves uh, being outside gardening. Uh, she's a master gardener, yeah, and uh, so she's uh, she loves to talk about that to help people. Uh, she uh, her happy place is anywhere she can get dirt under her fingernails. Right. Uh, she's a farm girl from uh, West Central Illinois, and mm. so it, she, that that's home for her is just being in the dirt, pulling weeds. She would much rather anonymously clean up somebody's flower beds. Uh, than speak in front of a group. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and yet her, her other real passion is she's a uh, she's been certified by Dave Ramsey's uh, organization as a financial coach. Wow. And so she does a lot of that. She teaches classes here for Financial Peace University. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she is. She's awesome. That's pretty neat. And what a great opportunity to do ministry just through gardening. Yeah. You know, um, I, I grew up on a small farm. And, and so my mom could 
she could grow anything, and and uh, but that's not the case for me. So I, I kind of struggle <laughs> with that. <laughs> so so that that is great. That is so interesting that uh, she loves to do that. Well, now tell me that now you have kids. I do have have two sons, and uh, really this was a surprise to us that. Uh, both of them are in ministry, both serve in local mm-hmm. churches in the state of Georgia. One at the uh, the church where uh, my oldest son, Jeremiah, the church he was raised in oh, yeah. that I pastored for 11 years in Thomasville, Georgia. He's a worship leader there. Yeah. My youngest son, Jacob, is in Jasper, Georgia, which is in, in North Georgia mm-hmm. at Woodstock, yeah. Jasper yeah. there. And uh, he's a He's a youth pastor, but uh, they both have given me uh, a grandson. Yeah. So we, we have we have two grandsons wow. and two wonderful daughters-in-law, and uh, we're we're really very proud of them. So it, it's neat now at this stage of life mm-hmm. to uh, be able to uh, not just be a dad, but kind of be a co-laborer and a fellow pastor, and yeah. and be able to talk on those terms with my sons and watch them go through the things that I went through as you learn and. Right. And as you grow and get experience in ministry. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about what's going on. What is God doing at First Baptist Church? Well, uh, always something. You know, uh, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> uh, lately, we've, we've seen uh, a lot of people saved. Uh, that's been awesome to see. We baptized five people this past Sunday. Awesome. And uh, had some more coming, making professions of faith uh, this past Sunday. So that, that's been awesome to see. Our missions involvement has been fantastic. Our church, and, and I can't take any credit for this at all, I don't think, is just uh, just loves being on mission locally. I have a lot of folks who are just active here locally and ministries of our church and elsewhere in the community. And then uh, with some partnerships that we have here in the States. Right in places like Cleveland, Ohio, and Denver, Colorado, and Brooklyn, New York. The the interest is uh, more than we can take on, on short-term mission trips. Right. And uh, so that, that's a lot of fun. And then internationally, just had a meeting uh, this past Sunday for people who were interested in, in those ministries. And again, we have more response than we can handle. Right. And so that is, that's a lot of fun to see. God's really been moving on the hearts of our people in uh, the area of just generosity mm-hmm. and giving. We did better with Lottie Moon offering for international missions than we ever have mm-hmm. uh, this past December. We did better with cooperative program giving than uh, we have in recent history this past year. Mm-hmm. And so that is, that's so much fun to watch and just see a church opening up their hearts and being generous like that at that level. And then we're, we're at a time in our, our church where we have a vision team that's working to sort of reframe the vision uh, moving forward for the next eight or 10 years. And, uh, and that's, that's great to be involved in and do some serious deep thinking about who we are and, Mm -hmm. and, where we are and uh, you know so uh, every church is unique and uh, and we have some uniqueness about us as a uh, a church that uh, last year celebrated our 230th anniversary wow. as a church yeah. it's fun to think about uh, being a church that's older than the state. <laughs> 
In fact, I, I believe when this church was first founded in 1789, mm. that it existed in the failed state of Franklin mm. yes. before it existed in the state of Tennessee. Yes. So yes. <laughs> uh, that, that's uh, fun to think about. But, you know, as a, as a legacy church with that much history, uh, there's some unique things that we have as a part of our DNA that, that we want to capitalize on and be the very best we can moving forward in these days that are so much different than they, they were yeah. 230 years ago. Well, and 230 years ago, they never, I'm sure they never thought that their their location would be in the middle of a tourist area. That, oh, good gracious. That millions man. of people come and visit every year. I mean, that, that alone, and I, I've talked to, to uh, other people who, who kind of live in areas that are touristy. If it's not more of a entertainment like we have in Gatlinburg, Pitch and Fords, but we have the Smokies, but places where there are uh, a lot of, uh, they'll, they'll have uh, fishing will be either tourism or hiking or whatever. It, it really brings some challenges to that, doesn't it? It, it does. And, you know, opportunities. Mm-hmm. We have in, in the last few years, really under the, the leadership of our associate pastor of discipleship, Steve Brewer, who is uh, one of the greatest people I've ever had the privilege to work with. He's a state championship winning football coach mm-hmm. here in Sevier County uh, for many years. Since he's joined our staff, we've really sharpened up the way that we welcome guests, right. the way that we, the, you know, the experience people have when they come for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we, we really felt like that was important, not just for residents of Sevier County, but the large number of people who visit us uh, while they're on vacation. Right. And uh, I think that's something people may not think about, mm-hmm. that there are a lot of Christians, a lot of Baptists, yeah. who make it a point when they're on vacation to not sleep in, but uh, on Sundays to get up and go to church. Sure. It's, a, it's amazing to me that our 8 o'clock service mm-hmm. is where we have a lot of guests who are on vacation. Uh, the idea, and I, I always say thank you when, when they come up and introduce themselves. Yeah. Thank you for getting up early and driving in from Wares Valley or, mm-hmm. or Gatlinburg or whatever cabin you're staying in right. and being in an early service on a Sunday morning while you're on vacation. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it, it's unique, Kevin, that we, and a, and a real honor that's very humbling to me, that we have so many church staff pastors or when they're on vacation will come to one of our services and and they all say the same thing almost without fail. Uh, Boy, it's so good just to sit back and receive and not be worried about any details of the service and just receive and not have to give in a a service like this. So we've really tried to do a better job than ever of how we welcome people and and to make it very special for them because uh, we believe this is a a pretty special place. Yeah. Well, and I think that uh, First Baptist has been successful in its history in really impacting the community, which is it's a tourist area community. It's very difficult because I, I talked to a lot of pastors in this area that have much smaller churches, and they said their biggest struggle is that their congregation works in a tourist environment mm-hmm. in which they they work. It's very seasonal. They may work seven days a week, all day long, including Sundays during tourist time. And of course, over the years in Gallowburg, Pitch and Forge, it's not just summer any longer. I mean, in the middle of winter, it's Winterfest, and Gallenberg Pitch Forge is booming all year round. And so uh, those uh, the, the members of those congregations uh, are busy trying to uh, make a living. And that's, that's a challenge, but First Baptist has been able to really thrive in this community very well. Well, uh, 
it really, I, I, that's what I, I hope. It, it is. It's just really unique, and it, it's a it's a special part of our community and what we have the things we have to think about True. as a church, and that we have a lot of those folks as well yeah. who work in uh, hospitality, work in tourism, even work in. Uh, we have musicians that play in some of the theaters right. around. Uh, we have a great trumpet player named Johnny, who's the best trumpeter in East Tennessee, mm-hmm. and maybe in the state. I don't know. He's incredible, but he had he didn't have a Sunday off for uh, something like four months until this past Sunday. And oh, he wow. was he was back playing in our orchestra yeah. and and uh, was eager to to get up there and serve because he hasn't been able to right. just because of the nature of his job sure. hasn't been able to attend church in person in four months so that's very common yeah. in our area with the uh, the kinds of jobs people have. and then we also have seasonal members who uh, they they may not have joined our church but they uh, they recognize this as their church home right. and they serve while they're here for uh, six months out of the year yeah. or whatever it yeah. may be well tell me what you your passion for ministry is you personally I, w- I would answer with two things. Mm-hmm. Kevin, one is my passion as a as a pastor. What I feel like is my reward uh, when a week is over is that I get to get up and preach God's word. That's my favorite thing to do. Don't tell my church this, but I would do that for free, mm-hmm. and I would visit people for free. Yeah. Uh, but they have to pay me to attend all the meetings that I have to. <laughs> <attend>. <laughs> but I, I just I love doing that and and uh, seeing people grow in the Word. But then my greatest joy, my greatest passion, is to see the members of First Baptist Church of Sevierville serve together. That is what I feel like they do best. This church is quite a force when they come together for a cause. Yeah. to meet a great need and to share the gospel. That is my favorite thing to see, is to, is to see our, our folks serving together. Well, now, uh, now ministry's really changed in the last 20 years, hasn't it? It really has, so many ways. Yeah, I've kind of reflected back as well. What do you see in the church? that How, how has things changed in 20 years? Uh, I mean, the obvious answer, uh, number one, is technology has just changed everything. Mm-hmm. Social media has has changed the way that pastors do their day-to-day job. Mm-hmm. I remember a day when I first started in ministry when I would come in on Monday morning and I would have a little stack of phone calls to return mm-hmm. and I would have some letters that I would need to read and respond to and some visits to make. And that was pretty much it. I was just, I was counting the other day, almost on a daily basis. I answer seven different kinds of media. I answer my phone, texts, email. Facebook messages, Twitter DMs, Instagram comments, and everybody that sends one of those expects in our day mm-hmm. and age, they expect instant response. Right. And so keeping up with that for pastors, every pastor would tell you that these days. Mm-hmm. Keeping up with that is something that they don't teach you in preacher school. Right. It's something that I didn't see modeled for yeah. me because it's so new. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, every pastor who's been in this long enough has to adapt to that and figure out how to manage all the different media that people send your way. And uh, as I said, an instant rapid response right. is expected. Right. And and it's considered to be impolite not to do that. So yeah. uh, that it, it's a lot. But, uh, you know, the positive side of that is 
a, a lot greater connection to people, and uh, and so that, that's a good thing too, even though it's a challenge and a and a weird change. And I, I think another another change that I, I think of in the last twenty years, and it's interesting, twenty years ago is when I started as a senior pastor, and back then the the focus was really on knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want your church to grow, if you're not a, a top tier preacher, then you know you, you can't expect people to just say, "Oh, well, that guy's so incredible, like an Adrian Rogers, that I, I just have to be there." And I'm not that. And so the the focus was on you got to get out and knock on doors. Yeah. And when you knocked on doors, the church had when you said, "I am so and so from this church," that's a uh, there's instant credibility there. And oh, I know where that is. And you must be you must have my best interest at heart. And I, I probably should at least let you in and let you talk to me. And so, uh, knocking on doors has moved in the last twenty years, in my view, anyway, from uh, in, into doing things to try to open a door right. in somebody's life to hear the gospel. And so. Um, our church has done that through things like a Christmas store. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, I think, ten people saved at our Christmas store. Wow. That we uh, we served several families. Took about a hundred of our folks to pull it off on a day in December before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think something like 140 families came in, got to shop for free uh, for children, and and uh, we gave them a big box of food right. and, and uh, had an opportunity to to pray for everyone and to talk to them. But you know that kind of ministry opens up a door. Right. We have a corn maze that we do. Uh, we've done for the last four or five years uh, on some property that we own here near the church and uh, plant a corn maze, invite people to come for free, and have all kinds of activities there. But it, it's all for the purpose of opening a door sure. and uh, knocking on doors still works for some people. Yeah. Some uh, some doors that you knock on, there's enough hurt behind that door that they're really willing to ask somebody to come in and help. But uh, that that's the biggest, one of the biggest changes I've seen mm-hmm. is uh, like with our corn maze, um, having 15,000 people come wow. through that and be able to have an opportunity with almost all of them to share the gospel uh, that, uh, you know, doing something for their family and providing a free Sure. Night out of fun and some good good family activity opens the door just right. a crack for us to get in there into their life for right. a few minutes and share the gospel and give them an opportunity to come to know Jesus. Right. So that, that that's a big change. I don't know of anybody who was doing things like that when I first started. Mm-hmm. There there probably was someone I didn't know about it. It was all about knocking on doors and having enough Sunday school classes to uh, welcome new people right. in. But uh, boy, what a what a change and and an adjustment that's you, been. You know, it's interesting. I thought it was so funny. I was listening to the radio and there was an advertisement that you could pay to have a real person answer your phone. You pay that person that would communicate for you is that for a business Yeah. because they, t- they were advertising the personal contact that yeah. you would have. And I thought, that's what it used to be. And <laughs> yeah. we went to the automated that no one wants to talk to each other. And that's where social media has kind of come about. And the church has kind of had to deal with that. But when it comes down to it, people want personal interaction. Right. When they're hurting, they they sometimes shy away from making that contact because just maybe insecurity or they don't want a long conversation. They still want that personal contact. They they <laughs> they they desire it. You know, because they feel alone in our community. That's that's how we can have doors open up. Ministry has changed so much in the last twenty years, and and so even reaching people. You're, you were talking about knocking on doors. In, in your area, what kind of and challenges that you do you encounter 
uh, in reaching the lost in this area? Uh, one thing is that, that people are so busy. Catching someone at home is is tough. Uh, we, we have a ministry on Tuesday nights, uh, our care ministry, where we do go out and knock on doors. Yeah. And uh, you get so many strikeouts yeah. You know, when you do that of uh, not catching people home because people are busy seven nights a week. And um, so, yeah, that that's a that's a challenge. Uh, you know, an, another challenge for a church like ours and in a community like ours is to stay nimble and lean enough to be responsive to needs quickly. S- sometimes a, a church that's, you know, 230 years old and been around a long time and has a pretty large membership. We we can get kind of set in our ways, right. uh, like uh, like people do when we get older, and uh, so it's a it's a struggle to try to keep our focus on the main thing, and because uh, there's so many things that we can be involved in, so many good things right. that could get in the way of of doing the best thing and the most important thing, and uh, so that that's a that's a challenge constantly for for pastors, I think, of any church is to to maintain that focus so that when there is a need that you can respond to, uh, you can do it quickly. And, uh, and it's it, it takes effort to stay nimble like that. So what are some successes that you're having in your ministry? If you could pick out one success. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would talk about our Spanish speaking congregation. You know, a part of being in a community like this that relies so heavily on tourism is that uh, we have a lot of workers who have who flock here. There is a large group, and a lot of people don't don't realize this. If, if they don't live here, maybe they just visit. We have a large group of Eastern Europeans who come and live here for a period of time. Uh, many of them are students. They're some of the best servers right. in the restaurants, and we have many many, many restaurants in this county, but but also a great number of Hispanic folks who have come to this area and work in tourism. And they do everything from construction to maintenance, to housekeeping, to landscaping, and, uh, and many, many other jobs. And uh, God has blessed us with uh, one of the finest pastors I've ever known in my life yeah. named Miguel Videla, who is Argentinian. And uh, he and his family came here years ago, and God has really used Miguel and his family to establish a fantastic congregation within our congregation. And uh, we have we do some bilingual services together, mm-hmm. where we we translate all the speaking, praying, singing, preaching in uh, into two languages. Yeah. Sometimes we'll start in English and translate to Spanish, and sometimes the other way around. <laughs> And so uh, that's been awesome, but it's it's so interesting to hear the perspective of the leadership in that congregation, to hear them say, man, this is a great time to be a Christian in Sevier County. God is bringing people to us uh, that are from all these different nations, yeah. and they all speak, we speak their language, yeah. and so... Uh, we have a we have an incredible opportunity to be a witness for Christ to them, and uh, some of them describe it as sort of living on a perpetually on a mission trip to Central America. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so while while some uh, look at at all the issues with immigration and and all the the news and the talking points that that come with that issue and see it mainly negative, uh, we have a group of people in our church who see that as a huge positive and they thank God for it. Wow. 
because of the opportunity presents sure. for people who are in a new place and they, they don't speak the language or they don't speak it very well and they're working 60, 70 hours a week mm. and, uh, and trying to do well for their families and almost every one of them who comes is lost and without Christ. Yeah. And so uh, that that's been uh, so much fun to watch as our our Hispanic church has just become so excited about the possibilities and and for our church family to to be in on that and to sure. see that happen that that that's been I think a real success. Well, that's great. That's yeah. good. Now let's kind of turn uh, our thoughts a little bit, and I wanted to really hear your your thoughts on what's really the biggest challenge that you encounter you personally in the ministry. Uh, I feel like, Kevin, that I, I would be, uh, I'm, I'm about to say something that every pastor would say. I don't know if it's going to be unique at all, but um, time yeah. and and focus, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things to be involved in. Social media technology has complicated life mm-hmm. and, and not it's not removed any burdens at all. Uh, I know some things are easier because of it, but it's not removed any burdens. It's it's added, and with every burden comes some emotional weight sure. that you have to carry. So uh, just time to get everything done. I don't know why God calls people to pastor and serve in churches who aren't naturally organized yeah. and naturally administrators. Yeah. I am not, <laughs> and so uh, that that's a, a struggle, and I'm sure many pastors yeah. deal with that. Just to uh, master all the demands right. on uh, a church staff these days, and and then to uh, just to circle back around to something I said before to keep the focus mm-hmm. where it should be. Yeah. There are a lot of things that can distract and look important that are not, and uh, and so to sort of rise above some of those things and really keep your eyes on what is most important, which is making disciples, growing believers, and it's reaching out and seeing people saved and serving people where their practical needs and spiritual needs intersect. It's harder than it looks to maintain that focus because there's so many things to yeah. do. Well, across our state, across our country, uh, there's pastors that are hurting, they're stressed, they're on the verge of burnout. And, and, and there's everybody's a little different, but there's got to be something in place with all of us in the ministry to to. Uh, keep us keep that from happening. Yeah. Uh, is there some things that you do just to help you to stay focused, uh, help you not to be so overwhelmed and stressed and, and internalize all those things? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I value time off. I, yeah. I try to take one day a week where I don't work on anything. I don't look at any emails. Just to try to do the things that recharge my batteries. Everybody has a balance of fellowship and solitude that, that they need, and it's different for everyone. I need more solitude than fellowship to recharge. Yeah. And so try to take that day off each week to maintain that focus. And, I, and you know, our, our church is very respectful of that. And uh, another thing I, I think is seeing our staff as a team. I have the best team anywhere, I'm convinced. And that God has greatly blessed this church with some fantastic pastors and associate pastors and, and uh, directors that are passionate and committed and, and just talented and amazing at their job. But for me, there was a time in ministry where I saw myself as the Lone Ranger of ministry and, you know, I'm going to get it all done on my own. Yeah. There was a time when I saw myself as the Moses of the church that would go up on the mountain and get the word from God and come down and, and, uh, and be the guy. More and more, 
I have uh, seen just how ineffective that is in the long run, and then how much I need the people that God's put around me to look at that as more of a team effort. And uh, so I love to be a part of of that kind of team. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a principle that just applies across the board to any church of any size, you know. Uh, whether it's volunteer leaders that you're leaning on or paid staff, God has put in churches the people that are necessary for health and growth. And pastors like me, we we do ourselves a great disservice and we do the church a disservice Mm -hmm. when we don't take advantage of the people that God's put in our lives and in our ministry to um, do the things we're not good at, to uh, uh, influence the people that we can't influence personally. I've found, you know what, I'm not the only one that God speaks to in this church. And uh, I'm not the only one God leads in this church. Yeah. And so I, I, I've found more and more it helps me to stay focused when I when I don't try to hoard all the influence and all the decisions. And uh, sometimes the most fun thing I do, Kevin, is just to, in a group of people who are serving our church, whether it's it's staff or, or leadership, lay leadership in the church, is to uh, put out a, an idea or a need and uh, sort of be like the rock that hits the pond and starts the ripples and just uh, watch it take shape as other people get their hands on it. It always turns out to be something better than it would have been if I had tried to do it just by myself. And so that... uh, that's one thing that has been very helpful for yeah, me. And there's a lot of pastors that, and, and, and like just what you said, you understood exactly what they were feeling, that, that they feel like, especially the smaller churches uh, or a one-staff uh, uh, church, that they feel like the weight of the church is on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for them, uh, you know, the, the church wouldn't go in the direction it's going. And so they take they, they walk with this burden upon them mm-hmm. and, and not share that with their congregation. And, and the, the, the congregation loses out on a blessing. And it relieves, it, God didn't uh, intend the pastor to take on uh, all the duties of the church and to reach the, the world by himself, but to just lead the church to do that. Right. It's hard to get past that thinking, isn't it? It really is because, you know, the, the people that are that are held up as, as great heroes of the faith who, uh, uh, you know, the people we read and listen to the most, we see them as people who are just, and, and many times they are, super talented mm-hmm. and off the charts in their ability to lead uh, not everybody has those gifts. I certainly don't. And so uh, it turns out it, it sure is better when we do it together. So that it, it's been a great lesson in the last 28 years of serving churches to, to really see the value of doing it together. And just it sure does seem right. Right. Well, one last thing. You've been in the ministry for so long. I think that you have experienced this and, and, and have seen within your congregation. But Bill, to take your congregation, if it's a group, if it's a children or youth or adults, if you taking them out of their environment for a, a couple of days overnight in some sort of retreat setting or something, does that really impact your church in any way? Absolutely. Um, I heard someone say a while back, maybe it was Johnny Hunt, that I can see my church and my situation better from a distance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you get away and you break the routine, and I'm a person that really likes my routine, Yeah. but to break the routine and to go somewhere else, especially a place, uh, I don't know, I, I think that there is 
you know, we used to sing the song, uh, we're standing on holy ground. I think there are some places that are holy ground sure. that have been dedicated to gospel work and they're prayed over constantly. And, uh, and there are places where God has moved many times before. Uh, I think it's uh, so good just to get away to some holy ground sometimes and to break that routine. And those are the places sometimes we can pray better and uh, and see our situation back where we live every day mm-hmm. a lot better. And, uh, you know, we, we see this all the time with children, with youth, mm-hmm. uh, but with adults as well. Yeah. There was a, a time not long ago that I took my staff just for a, a day and a night to Carson Springs. Yeah. And uh, and it was at a, at a time in the year we almost had the place to ourselves. Yeah. Just the solitude of that, the, the ability to just pull away from everything else. Uh, we made a commitment. We're not going to keep in contact with any social media. And uh, and let's just spend this time together with the Lord. And, and there was, it was one of those meetings where there was more prayer than there was planning. Mm-hmm. There's more sharing than there was strategizing. And so, yeah, very, very important to, to do that. And uh, and that, that's why I'm grateful for your leadership and, and what you're doing. Well, I appreciate it. Dan, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy taking the time just sitting down and share with me about what's going on at First Baptist, and especially just your ministry, your passion, and about what uh, uh, God's doing in your life and to get to know you and your family a little bit better. So that, that means a lot. And plus, you know, just to be able to share uh, with people who are listening about how you're reaching people for Christ in this type of environment and a tourist area. Uh, which I think there's a lot to learn from that. So I appreciate you coming and sharing with me. Also, I'd like to thank our listeners today for listening to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions for Dan or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a gospel conversation with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.